Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. This episode is the result of a great partnership between Impact Boom and Social Ventures, with Social Ventures Director Annika Horn kindly providing the following interview. David Ponrash of Startup Space, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Great. David, I'm so impressed with you because I met you, I think, a year and a half or two years ago at Startup Champions Network. We had a chance to hang out in Chattanooga at the Co-Starter Summit. And you have come out of the woodworks with a brilliant podcast, The Breaking Barriers, which I've just devoured over the last few weeks. Um, Tell us a little bit more about what Startup Space is all about, who you are serving and what you're trying to do. Yeah, first, thank you for the validation. We wanted to tell the stories of the communities we're in. And we were hearing all this amazing outcomes and we were like, how come we're not sharing this with the world? So we said, we can't be very professional about it. We don't have the bandwidth to do that, but we just want to tell the stories. So we just started recording it. So thank you for that validation. Startup Space was a platform that came about from a need that I had that I'll share in a little bit, but what Startup Space does is it helps small businesses find local resources. And the secret sauce in this is the fact that we don't have to create these resources because there's already a lot of infrastructure locally to support small businesses. However, the connectivity is the problem. So you have local SBDCs, scores, incubators, mentorship networks, et cetera, but small businesses, because they've got blinders on and rightfully so, because they want to get work done, they sometimes miss out on the opportunity to connect with people that can help them. And how do you kind of create this democratic way for access to resources where everybody's on the same playing field? It's through an online platform that is agnostic to what's happening locally and serves like the plumbing lines between the resource providers and the people who use the resources. So that's where startup space fits in. We go into communities and become the plumbing lines or the utility lines that basically carry information between the providers and the consumers. Excellent, thank you. Um, You talk on your website about uh, being a virtual hub to connect underserved and underrepresented businesses with programs and services. Is that a specific niche? Talk talk a little bit more about sort of the the clients on the on the business front who you're trying to serve. Yep. So that's coming from both the need that's in the out there in the community, but also our passion. Because again, the idea that the playing field is not level, that people that have traditionally had access to resources continue to have access to resources. In fact, we found when we were looking at studies around PPP and IDLE and all these other 
resources that have been made available uh, during coronavirus, we found that those resources have not been distributed equally. That people who already had resources got more and people who didn't have the resources didn't get any because the system is kind of built to push down the underrepresented entrepreneurs. And so we came up with this mission on how do you elevate those people? And we spend more time focused on communities where there are these barriers. Uh, it could be digital tools uh, or digital literacy. It could be infrastructure where you can't even get access to the digital tools. It could be uh, from the digital divide where you have uh, consumers that might not want to use digital tools. Uh, it could be from the fact that there are these artificial barriers that you have to pre-qualify, right? So our goal was where there are these digital divides, we come in using digital platforms, but with empathy and with the trusted advisor and the trusted connection locally to help people get on, but then also elevating the conversation. So helping our clients who are the resource providers with data that they can go back to their funders or to the government and say, here are some real barriers. We need to stand up capital infrastructure or we need to stand up technical assistance programs or we need to put together these programs that can actually elevate these underrepresented entrepreneurs. And that's our passion because we could have been all things to all people or focused on where there are already wins. But we said, if we want to be meaningful and if we want to be purposeful with what we're doing, we got to go where it's really hard and where you're not going to see the work overnight. Some of this work is going to take years, decades, where you can see long-term transformation by really putting the work on the ground level and trying to understand what are these barriers to these small businesses. And so that's the mission that we're on. And that's why we talk a lot about underrepresented entrepreneurs and breaking down barriers for them, because that's what we're passionate about. I love it using a digital solution to making access to resources more democratic. Yeah. Fantastic, I love it. Um, from the top of your mind, do you have a community in mind that you worked with where you could sort of show us a little bit what that process looked like of your first engagement, what the status quo was, and then how you were working with the community to provide more access and build that plumbing, that infrastructure for the entrepreneurs? Yeah, there are several communities I can bring up, but I'm going to bring up one that I'm actually interviewing next week on our podcast. Um, her name is Pam Lewis. She is the executive director for the New Economy Initiative uh, in Detroit and a part of the Community Foundation for Southeast Michigan. We started working with them about a year and a half ago, and it was pre-COVID. So we had these grand plans of how we were going to go help the Southeast Michigan ecosystem, and then COVID hit. But they came back to us, you know, later in reflection and said it was a perfect timing because we had already established the plumbing lines and then COVID hit. So we were actually able to, in a very quick amount of time, in fact, within a week or so, mobilize the entire Detroit ecosystem with the city of Detroit, all of the major funders, all of the major technical assistance programs, every big name come together on what we call a business support organization call and put together a COVID-19 resource page that in a matter of like eight weeks, we had almost 8,000 people access that page, which was a single clearinghouse for all things ecosystem uh, resources for COVID-19, so all things uh, COVID-19 related. And you could find instant direct access to loans and grant applications. 
direct qualifiers. You don't have to go through 10 different websites. Uh, and th those are the kinds of breaking down barriers that we're talking about where you're able to come and stand up this digital infrastructure that then you're instantly able to, in the moment of crisis, or when you're trying to reach these underrepresented entrepreneurs, use this vehicle. And the response was fantastic. Uh, we've been able to, since then, build on that and now looking at long-term what uh, can happen in the city of Detroit in terms of investments in capital infrastructure, et cetera. That's amazing. That is so wonderful. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had over the last nine months with incubators and accelerators is that we have fellows in different countries and continents and cities, and we're trying to get them what they need, but it's very much a connecting one person with one other person instead of having that directory for entrepreneurs in Kenya or entrepreneurs in Australia. That is brilliant. Wow. Great story. Okay. Um, I want to take the conversation in a little bit more high level and sort of travel back into your past and your history a little bit. In your opinion, what is wrong with the status quo that led you to do the work that you're doing now? What was what what was wrong in the world that you wanted to fix? So there are two things uh, that I will call out. One around entrepreneurship, which is the primary reason for the business idea. Then my own personal experiences, uh, which is the reason for the business. So <laughs> I used to work for. Uh, Nielsen, the market research company. And I led innovation globally for them, working with incubators in Tel Aviv, working with uh, the business community in Shanghai or looking at innovation in Dubai, really looking to bring cutting edge robotics, computer vision, artificial intelligence uh, tools to Nielsen. Mm -hmm. And I found that during my travel across the world and, and meeting with different communities, I felt like I was not moving the needle. I felt like I was not making an impact. And I told myself that I could do better, that I felt that I could be uh, somebody that could influence better and also start a company that could make bigger impact. So mm -hmm. that was my business motivation. Now, the idea, I had been thinking about this for about 14 months while I was at Nielsen, you know, what if I left, what would I do? And I went back to my first business. So this is my second venture. My first venture crashed and burned, not from the lack of trying. After four years and about half a million dollars worth of investments, the business just did not take off. And I consider myself like the ultimate hustler in that you know, we had a handbag business that I would wear the handbags and walk into every store and try to sell these women's handbags. Like, <laughs> you know, absolutely shameless, uh, very passionate about my products. And, uh, and also we had a great social mission. We had about 30 women we had uh, employed in this really remote region in India where these women would not have any other form of employment and then they were steeped in poverty. Brought them on, trained them, um, built this business and came to the U.S. and started selling. But somehow, I just couldn't scale the business. No matter what I did, I would work, you know, 100 hours a week. Whatever I did, I could not move the needle. And I told myself, if somebody like me that's enterprising, has good connections, has the money to invest, and is willing to put the work in, cannot be successful, there must be so many people that have fewer opportunities than I that than me, where are they in their journey? Yeah. Right. And so I asked myself, 
if I could influence the outcome, what is one area that I can pick where I can influence the outcome? And I found that the one thing that stood out to me when I shut down that business was that I immediately found five or six different resources in the community that I was not aware of. And I asked myself, if I had known these resources, was there a chance I could have actually succeeded? And I felt the answer was yes. That I felt that there were all of these entities and you might know a couple of them, for example, Tampa Bay Wave is a local organization I hadn't heard about till I closed my business and asked myself, how did I not hear about Tampa Bay Wave or the local SBDC? I didn't even know that there was an entity called SBDC to help small businesses. Yeah. So that was my motivation. And I said, therein lies a problem that I can fix. And so I didn't know about the opportunity size. I just knew there was a problem. What happened was when I went to fix the problem and I went to talk about it, people would say, wait a second, I'm the SBDC and that is my problem. I'm not able to share my resources with people. And I said, wait a second, if that's your problem, rather than me trying to solve it from the consumer side, I'm going to flip the model and, and solve it from the provider side. And that was the, the official product that Startup Space launched. Perfect. Okay, so uh, let's fast forward into the future, maybe by 20 years. Um, you are as successful as can be. You overcome every hurdle, like every obstacle moves out of your way. What does this ideal future look like that you're hoping to create? So <laughs> I think in like three month increments. Uh, so 20 years from now, I'm looking at the landscape where the access to information is not the primary barrier to starting a business on the consumer side. On the economic development side, entrepreneurship would be the most important tool in the toolkit of an economic developer because they now have the data that shows them that entrepreneurship is the best means to economic vitality and breaking down cyclical poverty. That would be the future that I would like to see is that on both ends of the spectrum, we have solved just one problem that we're going to solve. We're not going to solve everything. There might be bigger problems like access to capital, et cetera. But if we can solve just one on either side of the spectrum, I think we'd have made a difference. Absolutely. And I think with startup space, you're positioned in a place where you can solve both problems for different stakeholders, which is awesome. Hopefully in five years time instead of 20. I'd prefer that just because <laughs> I can't imagine what 20 years from now looks like. Last question. What can we as a community of ecosystem builders do to support you? How can we help you move forward? That's such a great question. And thank you for asking that, Annika, because I feel like the number one thing that an ecosystem can do is to welcome different voices. It is also the hardest thing to do. If I don't look like you and I don't say what you're doing, will you welcome me in? And the ecosystem that does that will be the most thriving ecosystem there is. Yeah. And I say that because I haven't always felt welcome in all of the circles that I am in. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm okay with that because there are lots of circles I can be in. But for somebody else that might not have the same opportunities, I think uh, we're doing our emerging innovators a huge disservice. That 
we have to not just be okay with welcoming uncommon and different voices. We've got to seek those out. We've got to find who is not saying what I'm saying yeah. and why. And we don't do that enough. And given that I do have a responsibility as a fellow ecosystem builder, I have made it my vision and sorry, my mission to, to, to speak that truth that we need to seek out people that don't say what we're saying, because there might be something there that we could learn from. Everybody who's saying all the same things, that's great. And we're all friends. But if we want to change the world, we got to go find those people that are not saying the same things. And that's where innovation is. Innovation is in those uncommon voices. And, uh, and so, you know, that would be for me, uh, uh, the biggest benefit is not elevating David, but elevating this idea that innovation can happen anywhere around ecosystem building. And how do we, uh, how do we all welcome that? Uh, and I don't think it's easy. I mean, naturally as human beings, we're all very protective and defensive and, yeah. uh, you know, we have the scarcity mindset that the world is a fixed pool of resources that if I have something then somebody else doesn't have it, but, it's so much better when we think that if we both came together, we would get twice the amount of, or three times the amount of resources. You are singing my song. I am so happy <laughs> to hear you out there spreading that message and, and sort of bringing people up to speed with the latest thinking. David, where can people find out more about you and your work? So uh, startupspace.app is the website where you can join the community uh, across the US. And then startupspace.us is where you can learn about our work and uh, connect with us. Okay, great. David, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter. Thank you.